Welcome, everybody, to today's B-Side. Joining me on the program is Associate Professor of Geography at Syracuse University. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of what is now being called the Green New Deal. It holds a tremendous amount of promise, but as we always like to emphasize here on Dead Punnett Society, it's definitely laden with a lot of pitfalls and barriers and contradictions along the way. Matt Huber, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So you have written extensively and researched on uh, climate change and the politics of a Green New Deal. You've written a really interesting Verso blog piece that I'm going to link to here in the show notes for sure to talk about some of the uh, lessons that people pushing for a Green New Deal need to learn from the actual New Deal. Right. And there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of controversy, man. If you get into the New Deal literature, you know, if you <laughs> if you if you take the the tact of, of the academic historian, mm-hmm. it is fraught territory, and there are a lot of debates to be had around that arena. So I look forward to discussing that with you today, as well. Um, another piece appeared. Uh, let's see, back in August, uh, it's called the Five Principles of a Socialist Climate Politics. So we're going to get the through those principles piece by piece. And cover this topic in some serious detail. But there's a we, we encountered a huge setback, I would say, in the democratic socialist movement in the past week or so, because it came out <laughs> that our Lord and Savior, Bernie Sanders, uh, is actually a massive hypocrite mm-hmm. uh, because the Daily Mail, the Daily Mail, you know, it has to be true. It came out of the Daily Mail reported last <laughs> week. That climate hawk Bernie Sanders spent $297,000 on private jet travel in one month to stump for Democratic candidates. So uh, should we dis- should we discard uh, Bernie Sanders as, as our leader at this point? Uh, is he a massive hypocrite? What do you make of this, Matt Huber? <laughs> yes, yes. He, you know, put him in the dustbin of history now. Send <laughs> <laughs> um, him to the gulag, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have to be very scolding of our individual consumptive behaviors and jet travels, the worst you can do for climate. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, I've, I've been uh, trying to get us beyond this kind of carbon footprint ideology and it is a trap to think about our contribution in that way. I think so. Needless to say, I just started off with a little illustration there. When the right wing media, the Daily Mail, as one of the worst uh, proponents of, of those kinds of tactics on the right, when they can pick up your talking point and use it against you in a, in a very seamless way, uh, you know, you're probably not onto the right thing. So let's talk about exactly what Bernie Sanders has been up to, because he has partnered up with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and other leading House of Representatives, uh, Rashida Tlaib and others uh, to talk about uh, fighting for a Green New Deal and what that might look like. They're arguing, trying to fight for a select committee. A lot of this jet travel that climate hawk Bernie Sanders has been up to <laughs> for the past couple of months has been uh, spent uh, trips to places like Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, South Carolina, Colorado. He's involved in the election of a lot of these progressive and democratic socialist candidates that have been so inspirational. Tell us about Ocasio-Cortez and what she was up to in Nancy Pelosi's office a couple of weeks ago. Well, it was really kind of amazing. I mean, some as someone who was very excited by AOC's election and and her involvement with DSA and all this stuff. But uh, when she was 
won the primary, I never would have expected that like her sort of entry into politics on Capitol Hill would be on the platform of of climate and climate politics. But that's, you know, she was there in D.C. for the the kind of orientation training for new Congress people. And uh, she got word of the Sunrise Movement and Justice Democrats, which, you know, Justice Democrats played a huge role in her election. And uh, they were organizing the sit-in in Pelosi's office to try to demand the kind of bold action on climate that basically mainstream scientists are telling us is needed. And uh, I don't really know the backstory, but she jumped right in and joined the um, sit-in and gave a really inspiring speech. And, and now she's really kind of put this Green New Deal policy umbrella as kind of her her, her first shots. Uh, the first kind of big ideas she's advocating for are on this policy. Uh, so as someone who's a socialist and a DSA member, but also really my focus both for my research and politically is really on climate and energy. I was just so excited to see that's where they decided to, to really focus their energy at first. Right. It was exciting. And she's taken that energy and uh, she certainly hasn't let it dissipate one bit. Uh, she took, uh, took part in a televised town hall in D.C. this past week with Bernie Sanders, uh, Van Jones, of all people, who's trying to rehabilitate his progressive uh, credentials there, I think, a little bit. Bill McKibben of yep. uh, 350.org, who we want to return to and talk about his role and the kind of discourses that he has purveyed as a leader in this climate movement. And of course, AOC took part in that as well. And she, I mean, she stole the show. I've seen yeah. some clips of that. Yeah. She is such a talented and passionate and genuine and authentic proponent of our ideas in, in DC. And I, I was giddy about her from the beginning. You know, I, I'm not going to say that I, I, you know, I was always, I always thought she would, would win. Yeah, uh, but but uh, I mean, she is. It's nice to finally be, uh, you know, have your inclinations and your intuitions proven correct instead of being let down about a politician. Am I right? Yeah, and I, I would also add that I feel like Bernie is being pushed by the this movement um, totally. because when Bernie ran in twenty sixteen, he didn't really talk about climate change much, and if he had much of a policy platform, it was pretty much the standard, you know, carbon tax. That was his big focus. And, and I like to, I like to point out a carbon tax is pretty much a neoliberal um, policy instrument that kind of puts faith in market and price signals to solve this problem. Um, so he didn't really have much imagination on the kind of big, bold policies that actually would solve the issue of climate change. And um, I feel like he kind of got swept up by all this movement. And that's what spurred him to hold this town hall and you could even tell in the town hall, he's kind of still learning how to speak about this in different ways. So, yeah, very exciting. It was it was fascinating to watch AOC kind of jump in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Immediately after Bernie would speak up, you know, because Bernie's just I mean, for better or for worse, the man's got message discipline like nobody. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, I, you know, I, I was trying to think of a metaphor or some kind of simile or, or uh, allegory or something. But I mean, he stands alone. He's he's a. I can't I can't even think of anyone off hand offhand who displays the kind of uh, consistent message discipline that he does, which can be a good thing. But sometimes his, his message needs tweaking. And you saw AOC doing that in real time where she, where Bernie Sanders would jump in and talk about jobs, jobs, jobs. And right. AOC would very gently sort of push, you know, jump in and say, ah, yes, and not just jobs, but jobs for people who are the most marginal and oppressed in our society. 
Yeah, right. Because that is true. That is the case that mm-hmm. something like a green deal would inevitably uh, not only, you know, produce jobs for this kind of mythical white working class that the mainstream press likes to fetishize. Yes. But uh, such a new deal would illustrate the fact that the the working class as it currently exists is always already racialized and uh, heavily gendered in various ways and uh, mm-hmm. representing various ethnicities and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's really interesting to see her tweak his discourse in real time. And uh, I hope this pays dividends going into 2020. Yeah. And we would be we would be remiss in talking about a carbon tax without mentioning the Gilets jaunes in, in uh, France right now. Yeah. This concludes your free teaser of this week's B-Side. Head over to patreon.com slash dead pundits and subscribe today to hear the rest of this episode and to double your DPS pleasure each week.